The following audio is from Grace City Church in San Diego, California. More information about Grace City Church is available at gracecitysd.com. When Jesus had spoken these words, he went out with his disciples across the brook Kidron, where there was a garden which he and his disciples entered. Now Judas, who betrayed him, also knew the place, for Jesus often met there with his disciples. So Judas, having procured a band of soldiers and some officers from the chief priests and the Pharisees, went there with lanterns and torches and weapons. Then Jesus, knowing all that would happen to him, came forward and said to them, Whom do you seek? They answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus said to them, I am he. Judas, who betrayed him, was standing with them. When Jesus said to them, I am he, they drew back and fell to the ground. So he asked them again, Whom do you seek? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus answered, I told you that I am he. So if you seek me, let these men go. This was to fulfill the word that he had spoken. Of those whom you, of those whom you have gave me, I have lost not one. Then Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it and struck the high priest's servant and cut, cut off his right ear. The servant's name was Malchus. So Jesus said to Peter, Put your sword into its sheath. Shall I not drink the cup that the Father has given me? Let's pray. Father, uh, we thank you for your word, Lord. We thank you uh, that you have brought us here to hear your message. Lord, may you bless and may the Holy Spirit be dwelling in uh, Trevor. Lord, may you bless him and use him as a vehicle for your word. May the gospel be preached and may the gospel be lived out uh, daily by the church members here, Lord, and and that we can outpour the gospel uh, to the community. Lord, we thank you, we love you, and we pray this in your mighty name. Amen. Thank you, Ryan. My name's Trevor. I'm a volunteer here at Grace City. I work mostly in our pastoral care, so Pastor Randall is out of the area this weekend, so I'm just filling in for him this week. <clears throat> so we're, uh, we're still in the book of John. We've been in John a while. Uh, so we just wrapped up um, through chapter 17, going through Jesus' prayer. Now we're diving into chapter 18, beginning that today, doing a case study of Peter and working through uh, the theme, Amazing Grace. So even though we know just how, how Peter made mistakes and messed up, we want to see that through how great and amazing the grace is of Jesus and how he interceded uh, for Peter and forgave him. And obviously we know that Peter's life changed and he responded. So I'll just uh, open us up in prayer real quick. Lord Jesus, I thank you for, for your grace. It's amazing. I thank you uh, just for another day and just all, all that you have done for us, Lord. Uh, I pray too just that my words and what I have to say, that that comes from you, that comes through your gospel, that, uh, that the message for me, that, that that's simply put what it is, your amazing grace. Lord, uh, I, I just pray um, that that's what happens. And uh, it's in your name. Amen. <clears throat> We all wrestle with reacting sinfully to the possibility of losing what is dear to us. Many would say that it is justified to create loss in another's life so that we do not experience loss. We know this case in point is true for Peter in the garden. It is easy from our position in retrospect to look at Peter's decision 
and heart with criticism as though the same struggle is not true in our lives. I challenge you to truthfully look into your heart where either in the past or where you are right now having the same battle as Peter. Sometimes those that cling to mercy and grace can be the most unforgiving. Be certain to practice the same measure of grace and forgiveness that was given to you. Or at least embrace the spiritual posture to give grace to others rather than judgment. Accept grace and practice grace. There's a quote from a famous movie in the early 2000s that does a good job at capturing our, powerless, our powerlessness and the need not to practice judgment on others eagerly. Many that live deserve death. Some that die deserve life. Can you give it to them? Do not be too eager to deal out death and judgment. Even the very wise cannot see all ends. So the quote comes from one of the Lord of the Ring movies based on the works of J.R.R. Tolkien, famously, of course, uh, where Gandalf speaks to Frodo as he questioned why his uncle didn't take the life of Gollum earlier in the story. Taking Gollum's life would have made their journey a lot easier. Gandalf later speaks to Frodo that Bilbo's pity or mercy may change the entire fate of mankind in the movie. The same conflict rests in our hearts as with Frodo in that moment. That conflict being that we believe we have the right to decide the quality of a soul or the justified means to protect or take what we want. Have you ever felt justified to take something away from another for your sake? Have you experienced being the victim in that same situation, that same circumstance? Have you ever felt beyond forgiveness after pushing that kind of judgment on a person? Where did you turn to in that moment? It is much easier to take a life than it is to save a life. It is much easier to shoot a bullet in a body than to safely extract that same bullet from that same body. It is because giving life back into death is so out of reach that makes grace so amazing and apart from Jesus Christ that is totally unattainable. Only the gospel of Christ can transform our hearts away from the inclination to pass judgment instead of give. We want to take instead of give. Let's look at uh, what Ryan just read, starting with verse 8. Jesus answered, I told you that I am he, so if you seek me, let these men go. This was to fill the word that he had spoken. Of those whom you gave me, I have lost not one. Jesus speaks boldly to those about to take him away, being aided by the betrayal of Judas, one of his disciples. Jesus gives a similar declaration as early in the Gospels when he gives that famous I am. Even when facing both betrayal and the cross ahead of him, we see that Jesus is the perfect and good shepherd, looking after those whom the Father has given him and not losing even one. This is amazing grace. 
and we certainly do not deserve it. We see that Jesus protects the sheep by offering himself willingly, knowing what lies before him. This is the gospel of grace. Know that even if you are lost, that you are loved. You have meaning, and the gospel is for you too. If any person would know the feeling of failing and misunderstanding the gospel at a given point, we see it in Peter. Peter taking his sword in retaliation to protect Jesus was a scene we know well in the crucifixion narrative. You will see, you will see that to refrain from committing the same sin and gospel fracture as Peter, we need to eagerly seek Jesus and not our fleshly desire or our fleshly, our fleshly reaction. I'll give you uh, the points up front and how we seek Christ above others, above all else. You will see that it's not complicated and it can save us the experience of being just as Peter and his sinful response. Ask the Lord what to do. Wait for the Lord to answer. Listen, and this is important, to everything that God is telling you. Let grace forgive your sins and allow it to reform your heart. Luke twenty-two forty-nine says this, and when those who were around him saw what would follow, they said, Lord, shall we strike with the sword? This is a synoptic passage telling uh, the same story just from a different writer. In this synoptic passage, we see that Jesus was asked if their swords should be drawn and to strike those that were plotting to take Jesus away. We know that the action to strike the, the guard, uh, the servant Malchus, was sinful and not what Jesus wished of his followers. However, we do see nonetheless that Jesus was asked. It is important that when we are faced with a time or circumstance and uncertain of the gospel-centered way to respond to the situation, we need to simply ask Jesus. Have the gospel ask question. We need to pray and we need to believe two things. That Jesus cares about what you will do and that Jesus will answer and hear your prayers. It is a learned gospel behavior to want to ask Jesus what to do. What to say or even who to be when we are in a place of mind of not letting the gospel define both our hearts and our minds. Lean into Jesus' strength when you are weak and you are wavering. Two, wait for the Lord to answer. Luke uh, 22.50 says this, And one of them struck the servant of the high priest and cut off his right ear. And from Ryan going through uh, 18, John 18 has the same thing. Uh, John 18.10 says this, Then Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it and struck the high priest's servant and cut off his right ear. The servant's name was Malchus. From the previous point noted, we know of the absolute need and importance of asking Jesus what the right thing to do is in our lives. 
we also see the sinful nature in us, as well as it was in Peter, when asked, even when asking the gospel ask question and choosing, still choosing to do what is sinful. Just because you ask the question doesn't mean that you will listen to the answer or accept the answer. We struggle just as Paul when he speaks that he, he does not do what he wishes to do and he does what he does not wish to do. We can see that Peter did not wait on the Lord to answer. Waiting on the Lord can be incredibly difficult in moments when we feel like we need the answer to our questions yesterday. It is in this tension and pressure that we, that when self-reliance and pride make us stumble the most like Peter. We live in a world that wants quick fixes and oftentimes stresses that we are the means to every problem, that we are the solution to every problem that we ever come about in life. We know that for Peter's scenario, it was never his burden or purpose or problem to fix the situation. Only grace can bring about perfect peace to our lives. Listen to everything that God is telling you. Let's recap from verse 10. We know that Peter decided to draw his sword before allowing for the question to be answered. Because Peter did not wait on the Lord, we know that he reacted sinfully and likely intended to take the life of Malchus, the high priest's servant. We must then ask, why in the world would Peter, a disciple, ever resort to such a method? Peter probably believed he was doing what Jesus wanted him to do. Misplaced or undisciplined zeal can be very dangerous, especially when it is not lined up with the, God, with the amazing grace of the gospel. We see that Peter attempted to save one by killing another. We know that Jesus saved many by dying. Jesus intentionally chose to sacrifice himself for you. This was not impulsive or done because Jesus was taken away. Jesus was always in control and all-powerful. It was because of his love that he gave us grace, that he paid the ultimate price. Matthew 26, 52 through 54 says this, Then Jesus said to him, Put your sword back into its place, for all who take the sword will perish by the sword. Do you think that I cannot appeal to my Father, and he will at once send me more than twelve legions of angels? But how then should the scripture be fulfilled that it must be so? We see that Jesus was still teaching his disciples even in the last moments of his ministry with them. Jesus gave correction to Peter where he was in need of it. Why is it that Peter looked inward and not to Jesus? Have you ever been in the position that you lived as though God was in need of you to defend him? Are there moments of relying on self 
rather than leaning into amazing grace? We see in this dialogue with, Pete, with Jesus and Peter that even if Peter was doing the right thing, that his heart was in the wrong. Jesus was never in need of Peter's defense at this time, nor any time in his ministry. We can miss the picture of just how big God is when we live as though God is as dependent on us as we are on him. This is where Peter missed the point. Let grace forgive your sins and allow it to reform your heart. Just as Peter, we need to come to a point of accepting the reality that we have sinned and we have fallen away. Jesus knows the cost of salvation and teaches Peter by asking the question, would you not have me meet my purpose? We need to take a step back and let amazing grace seep into our hearts and transform our lives. John 18 verse 11 says this, So Jesus said to Peter, Put your sword into its sheath. Shall I not drink the cup that the Father has given me? The incredible truth to find confidence in this part of the crucifixion narrative isn't the severity of Peter's sin, but the power of grace, the fact that you as well can be forgiven. It is because of this amazing, amazing grace that Peter's best moments lie ahead of him. Because he let grace enter into his life, even in the moments of reacting in a non-Christ-like manner. Jesus defends you by correcting Peter. Earlier, we mentioned, that the, uh, we mentioned the concept that Jesus does not need man to defend him. Here we see the other side. Man is so dependent on God that had Jesus not drank the cup from the Father, then we would not be safe from our many sins. We need the Lord to defend and to save us daily. In this quote, we see just how much we are in need of Jesus' amazing grace. Suffering, failure, loneliness, sorrow, discouragement, and death will be part of your journey. But the kingdom of God will conquer all these horrors. No evil can resist grace forever. How do we learn from Peter? What do we take away? How does this change my life? How does what I learned today change the way that I live tomorrow? Here's some takeaways. Uh, you, like Peter, can be covered because of Jesus. No matter where you are, what circumstances you're living in, or how broken you are, just like Peter, you're an arm's length from grace. We can be the most critical and unforgiving person to ourselves and to others, to be fair. If you haven't made that decision to accept grace and respond to the gospel, then today's the perfect time. Like Peter, we need to drop the sword. If you, like Peter, at a point of sinning or turning away from God and what is gospel-centered, then today is the right moment to drop the sword. Drop what sins hold you captive and far from God. 
Embrace Jesus and realize the purpose that he has for your life. Know that the first step is to no longer resist or have your hand clenched with the sword so tightly in your grasp that your hand bleeds. Maybe there is a place in your life where you need to simply accept that Jesus can save you and deliver you from your weaknesses. Like Peter, we need to believe that Jesus has the answer. We all know that Jesus is the answer, and that in this scene with Peter, we see what a misunderstood gospel can lead to. We can also understand that grace is accessible to us if we listen and respond, even when we, f- we fail. The real question we need to ask is, do we really, honestly, in our heart of hearts, believe that Jesus is enough? Do we believe that Jesus can actually deliver us from our sins and that he is sufficient to carry that burden with our hearts being so dark? The answer is simple. It's really simple. Yes. Yeah, Jesus is enough. He always has been and he always will be the only certain thing in our very uncertain lives and an even more uncertain world. Like Peter, you can be forgiven and redeemed because of amazing grace. I would urge you today, if you have not accepted the gospel or placed your life in Christ's hands, then I believe today is the perfect time to do so. You don't have to continue being drenched in sin and so entangled that you cannot even breathe. You know that amazing grace is there for you. Maybe this is a moment to consider for the very first time what Jesus has done and allowing that to be much greater than all the shame and doubt that weighs on your heart or your past. Feel the freedom of knowing that we don't have the answer. We aren't the ones that have the answer to the quick fix. The only path and answer is through amazing grace, the amazing grace that Jesus provided by dying on the cross. We believe the gospel, the gospel Christ crucified. As we close, uh, I want you to keep this quote from Brennan Manning in your hearts, another quote. (laughs) My trust in God flows out of the experience of his loving me day in and day out. Rather the day is stormy or fair, rather I'm sick or in good health, rather I'm in a state of grace or disgrace. He comes to me where I live and loves me as I am. Know this, that you can be forgiven that if you chose to leave Christ in the past, that you can return to the purpose that God has for you. I would simply ask that you pray and that you seek Jesus daily and intentionally. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, I I thank you that that your grace covers us, that you love us, that that even with how, how messy our lives are and even just how much we can fall on our face, that your, your grace doesn't just cover that, Lord, it floods over it. Lord, I, I pray just that we rest and that we rely and that we find assurance that you love us that much and, and that you always will, no matter how much we fail. And Lord, 
I thank you for that love. And I pray that um, any pieces in our lives where we're the contemporary Peter, uh, Lord, I pray that we're real about that and that we ask, what do I do? How do I change? We thank you for your grace, Lord. It's in your name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this resource from Grace City Church. If you found this helpful, feel free to share it and enjoy more resources at gracecitysd.com. Grace City Church exists to equip people with the gospel for everyday life.